All right, we got a precious Gemara ahead of us. As always, Tavchov Tes in Meseches Megillah, page 29. And we pick up from the very bottom of Chav Ches Amud Beis, the last two words, Tafresh, Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned in Soshawi. And here we go, Davchav Tes. Mevatlan Talmud Torah Lo'itzah Very interesting. We know that from all the mitzvahs, Talmud Torah, connected Kulam, the study of Torah, equals, is, is more important than all the other mitzvahs. However, we are mevatel, we refrain from a continued learning of Torah in order to show proper respect for a mace, for a levaya. And for achnasas kala, achnasas kala here does not mean tzedakah, even though very often people come around collecting for achnasas kala. What it means is to make a kala happy at her wedding. Okay, now this is interesting. Because according to this, if we take this brisa face value, when is anybody going to learn Torah? There's always some sort of funeral, right? There's always a, a, a wedding somewhere. Huh? Are we supposed to keep looking for funerals and weddings and to be like the, the, the same way we look for Torah opportunities? What, what does this mean? So this needs clarification. Let's keep reading. It was said about Rabbi He would stop his Torah learning as great as he was in order to perform these mitzvahs. Says the mitzvah says the Gemara to qualify. Now, when do we say that you stop learning Torah? This is very very important line. When there's not enough people at the Levaya to show proper respect, or not enough people at the wedding to fully have the kala enjoy her evening, enjoy her wedding, okay? So now this may very well depend on societal standards and expectations. For some people, uh, it, it might mean uh, making sure there's a minion. For other people, it might mean making sure there's a bigger part of the crowd. For, you know, for a wedding, to have 10 people at a wedding in many circles is, is uh, considered an embarrassment. You've got to have a lot more than that. In other circles, it's fine. They purposely want an intimate gathering, right? So you see that it depends on tzarkai. It depends on the needs of the funeral and the wedding. You don't just need to you know, uh, look out for funerals and weddings and constantly be running to these things, okay? If there's enough people at the wedding or at the funeral, we do not interrupt our, our Torah learning. How many people is considered called tzarkai, enough people? Now, this is not talking about an average person. This is talking about a tremendous Talmud Chacham. Twelve thousand people, men, and 6,000 with Shifras, which seems to imply 18,000 people for a Levaya of a tremendous Talmud Chacham. Okay, the Amri Law, and some say no, it's not 18,000, 12,000 men plus 6,000 with Shifras. No, you know what it means? Tracer Alfei Gabri, Umei Nayu Shifri. Now, they would use the Shifra to make sounds, to, to, show, uh, to make sounds of mourning, to show our, uh, our, our sense of loss. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but the Shaila here is 18,000 or 12,000. Again, the bottom line is, practically speaking, it's called Tzarkai. Is there enough people um, there who are going to show proper kavod for the, the, one, the deceased or the chasen and kala? Ula Marula says, It's enough men who go from the gate of the city to the cemetery. Rav Shesha says, the same way the Torah was given, so too the Torah is taken out. Over here, again, a Talmud Chacham is referred to as a Torah. Just like the Torah was given when there was 600,000 men present. So too, if you have a tremendous Talmud Chacham and you're not going to have 600,000 people at his Levaya, then we should refrain from learning Torah. We should get up from the base Medrash and go participate in that Leviah. Now, says the Gemara, This is talking about somebody who learns Chomish and Mishnayis. But somebody who teaches to other people, 
doesn't only learn, you're not even limited at 600,000. It could be no matter how many. You stop learning Torah and you go show proper respect. Tanya, we learned in a Brisa. Now we're going to get onto a fascinating discussion. It's going for a little bit about Kedushas Beisach Neses. And we're going to learn some beautiful, beautiful ideas about the, the holiness of a shul, of a Beis HaKnesses, and a Beis Medrash. Tanya, we learned in a Brisa. Listen closely. Rav Shemberichai says, Come and see. How beloved the Jewish people are in front of Hashem. Now, how are you going to tell me how beloved are they? So here we go. No matter where we are in Golos, Hashem says, My dear beloved children, you're not alone. I'm with you wherever you are. When we went down to Mitzrayim, the Shechina was with us. It says, Didn't I reveal myself to your father's home when you were down in Egypt, etc. When we went to Golos Babel, the Shechina came to Golos with us. Because of you, Hashem, so to speak, says, I am also in Golos with you in Babel. And you should know the gullus that we're currently in, and eventually, Bez Hashem, may it be here this evening, be taken out of. The Shechina is with them. Shenemar, Veshav Hashem, Aleikecha, Eshevaz, HaKadosh Baruch, who's going to return with those of us who are returning. Mamish Geshmak. All right? HaKadosh Baruch, who is homeless, doesn't have, a base, doesn't have his base of Mikdash anymore. So where is he? He's with us. He's out and about. With all the yidden in Golas. Veheshev le'namar. It doesn't say veheshev. Hashem will bring back. Rather, rather it says veshav. He himself will come back. Malamich kadosh baruch hu shavi mohem mi beis agolias. Kadosh baruch hu himself returns as we are gathered in from the Golas. Says the Gemara, beautiful. Herzechayim, listen closely. We said hakadosh baruch hu, the divine presence, is in Babel, is in Golas. Where? Because when we weren't in Golos, Hashem was located in primarily, we know Hashem's everywhere. Hashem's inside of us. But where's the, the main presence of the Shekhinah? Where did that reside in the Beis HaMikdash? Now that we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, where does the divine presence reside? Where's Hashem in Babel? Referring to anywhere in Golos. Omar Abaye Abaye says, In the shuls of the city of Hutzel, and the shoals that were knocked down, the Yosef, and re- reestablished in Nardav, and don't assume that it's in both places, but rather times, sometimes it's here, and sometimes it's there. Meaning, what does he mean? It's not here, it's not there. Meaning, sometimes, meaning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can equally be found in a base HaKnesses, in a shul, or in a base Medrash. Amr Abaye Abaye says, Taisi Li, I expect to receive Olam Haba Ganeden. I expect to receive paradise. Because whenever I am one parsa away from a shul or a base medrash, Iyalina, I go up, Umatslina, Hasam, and I make sure to dive in there. You hear this? If you have a shul in your vicinity, you have a base medrash in your vicinity, there's something special. There's something Ganeden-like, paradise-like, about just being in a shul, being in a base medrash, just putting ourselves within the walls, such walls of holiness. What a beautiful message of, of, the, uh, of what we're supposed to focus on and, and where we're supposed to feel comfortable in a, in a shul or a base medrash. It should become like our home. He says, whenever I'm within walking distance of a shul base medrash, I make sure to go there. I make sure to spend some time. Shmuel's father, Levi and Levi, they were sitting in the, in the, in the uh, neighborhood of Shafi Yosef, the area that was knocked down and, and, and dwelled. Yeah, they heard Mamish, like, oh, they felt tremendous holiness. And they got up and they left. They were too scared to get too close. They were all sitting in the shoals of. of Shafi Yosef in Arda, As Yashchina Vlenafak, Yashchina came and they didn't leave. Also Malachi Azharis, Malachi Azharis came to come Mavatule. And they got upset at, at uh, Rav Sheshes um, for not leaving. Omar Lafana, Rav Sheshes said, Rebunish Olam, creator of the world, Olav Vishayna Yolav, Mi Nidchad Lipnemi. If you have somebody who's Olav, who's 
oppressed and somebody who's not oppressed, who who's uh, more important over here? Omar Lohu Shavku Akadish Baruch says, leave um, leave Reb Sheshes alone. He's allowed to stay. He's uh, he's unfortunately somebody who's been uh, um, he's been victimized. Rashi says he had sorrows. He was blind. He wasn't able to see, and therefore it wasn't easy for him to leave. And he says, the Malachim want me to leave because of the tremendous Kedusha that's here. But you know something? I'm a victim here. And because Baruch says, leave him alone. The victims are the ones who are, uh, the victims who are ones who are closest to me. Just to share a little bit of humor. Just to share a little bit of humor. This is not this Gemara. This Gemara is talking about Mamish, the Shechina, the Akadosh Baruch the Divine Presence. And the importance of showing proper cover. But there's an old Jewish joke. They say about a, an old shul, an old, uh, an old shul full of pews. And you have a bunch of uh, Jews sitting there. And Satan, Satan walks into the shul and people start running for the hills. They're petrified. They see Satan, ooh, wow, everybody starts moving. There's one old guy in the back who's just sitting there. He's not moving. He's not leaving. And so everybody's running, running. Satan's getting closer with his pitchfork. He walks over to the guy and he says, leave. The guy says, I'm not leaving. He says, you're not scared? He's like, dude, I've been married to your sister for 60 years. You can't scare me. <laughs> All right, an old Jewish joke. Fine, let's go, weiter. Let's keep going. So this is from the Pasuk in Yechezko. What a holy Pasuk, what a holy Pasuk. What does it say? That in Golos, in the exile, there is a Mikdash Ma'at. There's these, there's these small sanctuaries. Omar says, These are the shuls and the Bati Medrash and Babel. This is where the expression comes from. A Mikdash Ma'at, a shul. What a holy place. This is talking about the house of our Rebbe in Babel. Darash Rabbah. Rabba made a drush. Might have said, "What's the shot in the pasuk where it says, Hashem Ma'inata Hayisalanu Hakadosh Baruch Hu? You have been a dwelling place for us." Elu Batiknesias Batei Medrashas. This is referring to the the shuls and the Batei Medrash out with us in exile. Amar Abaye Abaye says, "Merei Shavagaristam Bebeisa." Originally, before I heard all this, I would learn Bebeisa in my house. Umatslina Bebeiknishta. I would go to shul when it was time for minion. But besides for that, if I ever didn't need a minion, I would make sure to stay home. However, once I heard what David HaMelech says, what does David HaMelech say? Hashem, I love being in your house. Now I go to shul even to learn Torah. I make sure to spend as much time as I can Inside of a shul. Tani, we learned in the Bryce, Rabbi Lazar Kapper, and Rabbi Lazar Kapper says, A seedin in the future. The shuls in exile. Our shuls. How powerful, how beautiful. And our Bate Medrash will physically pick up and will move to Eretz Yisrael. Shinamar, as it says, Kikisavor, Beharim, like Har Tavor. On the amongst the mountains, Carmel Bayom Yavoy. And the mountain of Carmel will will uh, come um, when the when it's time for Mashiach. And don't we have a Kalvachimer from Nebuchadnezzar over the Carmel? When it comes to the mountains of Tabor and Carmel. They only came by Harsinai. It says these mountains moved over closer to Harsinai. To come here, the Torah given, they're eventually going to be established in Eretz Yisrael. And I'm sorry, they already were, right? They were moved to Eretz Yisrael. So the shuls and the Bati Medrash, where Torah is learned for more than just a one-time event, but constantly, how much more so are they going to be picked up and established in Eretz Yisrael. How beautiful. Darash Prakab, by the way, there's a Gemara elsewhere, which says that in the times of Mashiach, when, when the third Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt, the Beis HaMikdash is going to be as big as the entire Yerushalayim. How so? How's the Beis HaMikdash going to be so big? Because 
of this Gemara. All of the shuls and all of the Batei Medrash are going to attach themselves to the, to the Beis HaMikdash. Mamish, a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. All Jews of all strokes, everybody, legitimate, different paths, 12 Shvatim, 12 different tribes, 12 different uh, paths in legitimate Avodah Hashem, in service of Hashem, and Yidin with all sorts of yarmulkes and all sorts of colors and all that. We're all going to come and we're mamish going to attach ourselves to, to the buildings will physically become attached to, uh, to the base of Mekdash. Darish Barakapara. Barakapara made a drosha. Why does it mean in the Pasuk which says, Lama teratzton harim gavanim? Why are you, uh, uh, teratzton, why are you, you dancing these tall mountains? Yotza Basko v'omerlem, a Basko came out and said to the mountain, Lama tirtzu dinami sinai. Why are you going to court? against Har Sinai. Why do you feel that the Torah should be given on you more than on Mount Sinai? Let me tell you something, says the Gemara. You are all Balei Mumim because you're arrogant and you feel the Torah should be given on you. You have a Mum compared to Har Sinai, even though Har Sinai is much smaller and lower. It says by these mountains, they are tall. And um, it says, by the laws of a Kohen, what's considered a blemish of a Kohen? Listen to this. A Gibain Aidak. Okay? If a Kohen has his Gibain, he has very long eyelashes or a cataract. That's Gibain or Dak. Now, there's an acronym of these words. Okay? Amaravashi, Shmamino, Haiman, the Yahir, a person who is arrogant, Baal Mumhu. It's a physical blemish. It's a blemish. When a per, what, what do we learn out from the blemish? What do you learn from there? The a person who's arrogant, it's like it's mamish like a physical blemish in the Kayan, he's not allowed to do the other. You're not allowed to use a shul as a shortcut. You can't just cut through a shul because it's a shorter path and more convenient. Disrespectful to the shul. My kapandria. Says the Gemara, first of all, this word kapandria is not a regular word. Where does the word come from? Amarabarabah says kapandria kishma. Kapandria is like it sounds. Okay? What are those words that sound like, you know, pow? P O W. Yeah, pow, right? We'll figure out what that word is. It'll, it'll come to us in Mitzvah Shem. Oh, it is an onomatopoeia. Okay. <laughs> all right, spell that. Here we go. So he says, what's kapandria? Says Kapandria Kishma. It's like it sounds. My Kishma. What does it sound like? Kemanda Omar. Sounds like somebody who says, Adimakifna Adare. Instead of going in a circle, Eobaha. Let me go this way. Meaning the word Kapandria is an acronym of, the, of all these other words put together, which is saying, this is just my simplest way forward. Omar Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo says, Listen to this, very interesting. If there was originally a path in this place and now people put up a, a shul, you put up a tent, and now you put up a shul and you start davening there. Other people, anybody who's originally used this as a shortcut, is allowed to continue using that path. If a person goes into the shul without intending to use it as a shortcut, I went in because. I needed to get a chumash. Or I went in because I needed to tell somebody something. Then you could walk out the more convenient and shorter way. You could ultimately use it as a shortcut. As long as at the time that you went in, your intention was for a different purpose. It's not considered uh, degrading to the shul. And Rechava says the name of Rehuna. A person who goes into a shul to daven. So... What am I using it for? As a shortcut? No, I'm using it to daven. So now that I'm davening, I could go out the, with the exit that's more convenient for me, closer to my car. As it says, When the people of the land come before Hashem, on the holidays, those who come in on the northern gate, to bow down, they are permitted to go out through the south, because that's the more convenient path for them to take. Ah, it's like you're using a shortcut. You're going in from the north and you're exiting through the south. Maybe we should tell you to exit the same way you entered. No. 
you don't need to do that because, because you went in for the purpose of tefillah and hishtachava and service of Hashem. Beautiful. Okay. The Mishnah said, Alu If you have a shul that is run down and no longer in use and grass starts to grow, you should not pull up the grass. Let the grass grow. Why? Hopefully it's going to inspire people to feel bad about it and do something and eventually reestablish the shul. Says the Gemara of Atani, but we learned in the Raisa, you're not allowed to pull up grass in a shul and feed it to animals, but you're allowed to pull up grass just because you're in the mood. As long as you don't feed it to animals, you're fine. But according to our mission, it says just leave the grass. Do I leave it or can I pull it up? Answers the Gemara. When our Mishnah says, leave it, um, it's talking about somebody who's going to uh, feed it to his animals. That you shouldn't do. You shouldn't use it for your personal use. Uh, let your animals graze through this run-down uh, shul or run-down base medrash. However, if stam, you see grass and you want to pull up the grass, that taka would be okay. All right, let's keep going. Tana Rabbanon. The rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Very important. Lightheadedness. Joking around. Not treating a show respectfully. I'm sorry, this is a Beis a cemetery. Beis I said Beis HaKnesis. Beis in a cemetery. Gotta be very careful. Not to have any sort of lightheadedness. Inside of a <coughs> cemetery. You're not allowed to bring your animals there to graze, even though there might be some good grass there. And you should not have a irrigation ditch go through a cemetery. You shouldn't pick up you shouldn't pick grass. And if you did, this is interesting, the Gemara's gonna have to explain this in a moment. If you picked up grass, siphon the carbon of a mason, you bury you burn the grass. Right now, what this means is you burn the grass out of respect for the dead. Says the Gemara, that the, what are you talking about? What sort of respect is that? Ahai. You, uh, oh, what does this mean? You burn the grass out of respect. What is out of respect for what? Ilim If you're saying it's out of respect for the dead, you got to burn the grass. What are they, smoking weed? Kivan shesarfa Yeah? Just because you're burning grass, my covered mesamika. Where's the respect? What, what's it got to do with anything? He says, the Gemara El Arisha, it's going on the beginning. What's the beginning? The first halacha, which we said in the Beis HaKvaris, in the cemetery, which is no lightheadedness. It's the wrong place to go to be joking around and to, and to uh, stamazai, just plain be schmoozing. Now, a person might ask, you know, uh, when do people do this anyway? When do people do this anyway? Unfortunately, it, we, we do find this because, um, you know, sometimes at a levaya or at an unveiling or a shleishim, there's times where people, you know, uh, these types of events bring people together that you, that some, uh, otherwise would not have come together. And people, unfortunately, sometimes use their time in a cemetery as a way to like catch up on old news. And just, you know, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. How are things? And it could lead to Kalis Reich. It could lead to a, a lack of seriousness of the moment. Um, and this is something to be, to be aware of, to be cognizant of. Be very careful with these things. Okay. We are now up to the Mishnah. Four lines from the bottom of Chavtes Amud Aleph. Here we go. Now going to get into a fascinating uh, Gemara, it's going to take us to Ahmed Bez about various Torah readings. Let's get going. If Rosh Adar falls out on Shabbos, we read the special Parsha of Shkolem. Okay, let's just familiarize ourselves for a moment. We know that around the Purim slash Pesach holidays, there's four special Parshios that are read. Okay? You have Parsha Shkolem, the first one where we're talking about, okay? Um, and that's always done around, at least, Rosh Chodesh Adar, okay? Chalu Yais Shabbos. If Rosh Chodesh Adar falls out during the week, Maktim L'Shavar. So Shkolem is going to be the week before Rosh Chodesh Adar. 
That's the first of what we call the Dalit Parshias, the four Parshias. Okay? Shkolim, Zachar, Para, Chaydash. Okay. Umasikim Shabbos Acheres. And since we pushed Shkolim to the Shabbos before Adar, the, sh- the first week of Adar is now going to have no special Parsha. Because the next one is going to be Zachar. And Zachar is always going to be the Shabbos before Purim, as we're about to see. Here we go. Bishnia, the second special parsha of the Torah that we read is Zohar, Bishlishis. The third special parsha that we read is Paraduma, Parsha's Para. Ravias, the fourth week is Hachaydesh Hazalachem, a week called Parsha Hachaydesh. The Hamishis, and then the fifth week, Chazun, the Sidron, we go back to the regular Torah readings, the regular Maftir, um, as we're going to see, or perhaps even some regular Aliyas. For a, any sort of yomtiv, we stop reading the weekly schedule. Okay? Um, that applies to any yom. So, for example, um, Sukkis, right? Sukkis is, uh, is going to have a special reading on each day of Sukkis. You're not on, on Shabbos. Cholamoid Sukkis, for example, you're not going to be reading a weekly parsha. Whenever you have a Yom Tif, a holiday, we pause the weekly parsha and we read the special reading of the day. And this is also true for Ashchaydash, for Chanukah, for Purim, a Tainus, a public fast, Mamadais, you know, the gathering of the of the Yisraelim, Obiyamiki Purim, and on Yom Kippur. Okay, here we go. Tan Hashem. We learned the Mishnah over there. Be'echad ba'adar on the first day of Adar. This is a Mishnah in Shkolem. On the first day of on the first day of Adar, Mashmian al Hashkolim, we send out information about the half shekel. Chevra, all the Aliyidin, every Jew has to realize there's a mitzvah of donating a half shekel. When did we send out this news on Rosh Chodesh Adar? The Al Haklayim and also about Klayim. This is when they, the the uh, land would be harvested, and we were letting people know that if they had any seeds that grew too close together. They had to get rid of them. Bishlam ala klayim. It makes sense why they made an announcement on Shodesh Adar about klayim. This is the time for zriya. Zriya literally means planting. They didn't plant in this time. What it means is this is when they dealt with the, um, you know, with the fields, with the growth. But as far as announcing the half shekel, minolan. How do we know to announce the half shekel on Shodesh Adar? Hey, no, that's the proper time. Amr of Tavi, Amr of Eisha. Tavi says the name of Eisha, Damakra. Because the verse tells me, it says in the Pesach, This is the carbon Ola that is brought in the month when it renews itself. Umra Tairo, the Torah is teaching me as follows. Chadesh, be fresh, be new. Vahave carbon and bring the new sacrifices. Mitruma Chadasha from the new givings, meaning from the new half shekels. As soon as we come to the new year, which we know starts in Nisan, Right? The years start the, the months start being counted again for Nisan. So as soon as we get to Nisan, Gavaldik. We already need the half shkalim in order to purchase the new sacrifices. And since in Nisan is when we needed the new money, it's sensible to say thirty days beforehand, a month beforehand, we start making announcements. So that people will start bringing their half shekels, their half shkalim to the Beis HaMikdash, and there will be no delay in the purchase of the new carbons. All right. Now, here's the question. Here's the next question. The Gemara, let's just explain. It's a very logical uh, question, and that is as follows. The new sacrifices with the new money is going to start in Nisan. We just said, therefore, 30 days beforehand, Rosh Chodesh Adar, we send out the new, we send out the word, we need more money. Yeah, fundraising campaign. We need more half shkala. How do you know that a fundraising campaign should take 30 days? How do you know? Yeah, sometimes you get these emails for these crowdfunding campaigns. You have 24 hours. Everything's quadrupled. Yeah, 24 hours to give. Best shul, best yeshiva, yeah. Everywhere, there's a lot of bests out there. There's other ones that go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. So where's the 30 days from? Here we go. Come on. 
Where does this whole 30 days of Rosh Chodesh Adar to Rosh Chodesh Nisan come from? The Lake Rav Shimming Amliel says in classic form, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Rav Shimming Amliel. The Eir Rav Shimming Amliel, it would be Rav Shimming Amliel, Ha'amar Shtei Shabbosos. Rav Shimming Amliel says you only need two weeks to prepare for your, uh, for your fundraising event. Did Tanya, because we learned in the Raisa, Shailim Bochaz HaPesach, Chodim LaPesach, Shleishim Yoyim. And before the Yom Tif of Pesach, there's, an, there's a mitzvah to learn the halachos for 30 days beforehand. Rav Shimgaliel says, no, you don't need to start 30 days before. It's two weeks. So he holds two weeks is enough to prepare for something. It ain't him. Says the Gemara, no, you could even say, Rav Shimgaliel may be the one, maybe, yeah, maybe no, fine. But he could possibly be the one who says 30 days. Since the Tana taught us. On the 15th day of Adar. The money changers ready to be sitting there for people coming to get their half shkolim. Then 10 days later on the 25th day of Adar, they would sit in the base HaMikdash to a, now it's like showtime. Yeah, we got a few days left till all the half shkolim need to be given. Because the money changers are already there on the 15th day, so two weeks beforehand, two weeks before that is Rosh Chodesh, uh, is Rosh Chodesh Adar and that's when they make the announcements. Okay. Beautiful. So now we know why, what they did on Rosh Chodesh Adar. What did they do? They announced about the Klayim and they made an announcement um, about the half shkalim. Beautiful. All right. Says the Gemara. My Parsha shkalim. Which part of the Torah was read for the special Parsha? There's four special Parshios read, right? Shkalim, Zachar, Para, Chaydesh. What were the special verses that are read for Parsha Shkol? Rav Amarav says, Tzavas Bnei Yisrael Vamar Toli Emes Karbani Yeah? Which is the Psukim that we read on Rish Chodesh. Alright? Shmuel Amar Shmuel says Kisisa. We read Parshas Kisisa, which talks about counting Kla Yisrael. How do you count them? Through the giving of the half shekel. Says the Gemara, Vishlam Alaman Amar Kisisa. It's understandable according to the opinion that says you read Parshas Kisisa. Listen closely. This is very interesting. The Gemara is gonna. You, now, the reason why this is interesting is we need to explain. A, we, we need to give a premise before we read this question, which is, in order for a Parsha to be called its own name, it needs to be unique. It needs to be unique, special. Shkalim is read on this week. The, these Sukim, boom, it's special. Zachar. Boom, special. Para, boom, special. Now, we had a machlokas, what we read for Shkalim. According to Rav, we read the same thing as Rosh Chaydesh. Shmuel says, you read Kisisa. Says the Gemara. Again, I'm going back a few words. Bishlam alaman damar Kisisa makes sense according to Shmuel. Who says we read Parshas Kisisa as the special Parsha of Shkalim. Hainu dukarle Parsha Shkalim. That's why it's a unique name. It's called Parsha Shkalim. Dechsev ba Shkalim. Over there, it's written Shkalim. Alaman Damar is Karbani Lachmi, but according to Rav, who says you read as Karbani Lachmi, what's unique about that when it comes to the Shkalim? Is there any specific mention of the Shkalim? No, it just talks about the sacrifices. Says Gemara, wrong. In, no, it does talk about the Shkalim. Time of my, where do you find such a thing? Kirab Tabi. Like, um, like Rav, uh, Rav Tavi's reason. What did Rav Tavi say? So Rav Tavi taught us that in order to bring your carbonice, you needed to have the shkalim given first. So Mamela, one thing leads to the next, and this is connected. Says Gemara, okay, fine. Okay, I, I get how you're connecting Tzavaz B'nai Yisrael to the shkalim, fine. But I'll ask you another question. Bishlama, it's understandable, Tzavaz B'nai Yisrael, according to Rav. Who says that we read Savas B'nei Yisrael? Mishum Nechsivi Karbanes Hasam. Talks about the sacrifices. Kedrav Tavi. Like we just pointed out with Rav Tavi. There's a big connection between the sacrifices and the half shekel. One is dependent on the other. You need the money to buy the Karbanes. Elaman Damar Kisisa. But according to Shmuel, who says we read Parshas Kisisa, Karbanes Miksivi. Are we talking about any Karbanes Tzibor? Shkalem Ladanem Ksivi. It's really folk, the the... the Half shkalim over there were used to purchase the silver sockets that were used in the uh, that, that were used in the uh, mishkan, and it's not directly talking about the the uh, karbanais. Says the Gemara, no, no question on Shmuel. Get under explains. Really, there were three separate times where we gave a half shekel. Shal mizbeach 
there was a fundraising campaign that was given to the Mizbeach. That's the Mizbeach. It was a separate one-time campaign for the silver sockets. We donated the half shkolem. They were used to create these, these uh, silver sockets. Another half shkolem were used for the upkeep of the base of Mikdash, which included the carbonus. Now, okay. Since so far, Rav can follow, you know, Rav's got his own uh, background and reason why he says it's Sabbath B'nai Yisrael for Parsha Shkolem, and Shmuel's got his reason that it's for Kisisa. Each one is not proven wrong yet. Okay, let's keep trying. Says the Gemara, Vishmal Amanda Amara makes sense according to the, to the opinion of Shmuel, who says, you read Kisisa, This is why it's called, it's called um, Shkolem, because usually on Rosh Chodesh you're going to read Sabbath B'nai Yisrael, but this this year or this week, we're going to read Kisisa. So it's Parsha Shkolem. It's different. Elaman Amar Tzavas Karbani. But according to Rab, who says it's Tzavas Karbani, my Shani. In what way is this a, called Parsha Shkolem? This is my usual Rosh Chodesh Kriyasa Torah. Says Gemara, no Shani. It's different. Why? You have six alias. That uh, that are in Yonah Yaima. okay. Now the Mefarshim here explain. Now we currently do not have six aliyas for Rosh Chodesh, but back then in the times of the Gemara, they had uh, they had six people called up. V'chad Rosh Chodesh, and one's called up Rosh Chodesh Vilu Imna, but um, by Parsha Shkolim that particular week, Kulhu Midrash Chodesh. Everybody called up to the Torah reads from the parsha of Tzavas B'nai Yisrael. Says the Gemara, one second. How is that even possible? How do you have so much to get around? If you are of the opinion that uh, you have Shkolim, Zachar, Para, Chaydesh, and then you go back to the regular uh, reading of the Torah, we could understand. Okay. It makes sense. You're going to have four different types of, of uh, Torah readings, and then you go back to your regular Parsha, which seems to imply during those weeks there was no regular Parsha read. Amar says that they would just go back to the regular order of the Karinum, but you are reading the regular weekly Parsha um, as well. Maishani. Uh, how is Shkolem going to be different than a regular Rosh Chodesh? Says Gemara, no, there's still going to be a difference. Shani, still difference. Dilu Rashi Chadashim Karu Shitzah Binyan of the Yaimak. On a regular Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, we're going to call up six people. Binyan of the Yaimak about Rosh Chodesh. For the regular Parsha, Vachad Karib Rosh Chodesh. And one Ali is going to get Rosh Chodesh. Vilu Inna, but for Parsha Shkolem, Karu Tlasa Binyan of the Yaimak. Arba Karu Dibra Rosh Chodesh. It's going to be three. For the regular parsha and four, so the Gemara is answering basically. I show me a difference in this week and any other week, and the Gemara is just going to respond. You know, it depends on how many aliyas we hand out for the various kriyas, for the various readings. Okay, and as long as we show a separation between the the way people are called up to the Torah, so that's why, you know, that's why uh, this is shkalim and it's not your regular resh uh, chaydesh kriya. Says Gemara, one second, Meisvet. That's a challenging question. Rishchidosh Adar Shchalias B'Shabbos. If Rishchidosh Adar falls out on Shabbos, Kerem Parsha Shkolem Umaktirin Bi Yehayada Kayim. We read Parsha Shkolem from the Torah, and that Torah is from Yehayada Hakayim. Okay, so far so good. Says the Gemara. Bishlam Alam Adamar Kisisa makes sense if you hold that Shkolem is read from Kisisa. Hainu Dimaktirin Bi Yehayada Kayim. That's why we have this Torah of Yehayada. What's the connection? Listen to this. Did Dami lay because the story of Yehoyada HaKayin um, talks about how money was collected for the Beis HaMikdash when the original wicked kings allowed the Beis HaMikdash to kind of fall into ruins. So the, the, it, it describes the Bedek HaBayis. The upkeep of the Beis Hamikdash, the Chsev, it says about Yehayada, Kesef Nafshay Sarchai. Yeah, people would donate the, their, their own value, which is the Chatzi Shekel, Elamand Amar is Karbani Lachmi, 
But if you hold, it's it's that's Karboni Lachmi, the opinion of Rav, me dummy. What, what is the Haftarah of Yehayada of giving this money for the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash? What does that have to do with Eskarboni Lachmi? Says the Gemara, same answer we gave before. There's a lot to do with it. Because what do we do with the money? We purchase sacrifices. Says the Gemara, dummy, of course it's connected. Of course it's similar. Kidder of Tavi, period. Kazir of Tavi, right? Who makes the connection between the Chatsi Shekel and Tzavis B'nai Yisrael. Okay. Let's try to prove again who's correct, which, again, we're stuck. Let's, let's make sure we know where we're at. Yeah, where are we at? The Gemara said, or let's go back to the Mishnah even. The Mishnah taught us there's four special parshios around the time of year of Adar, right? The first special parsha is Shkolim. And it's going to be read either Shabbos Reish Chaydesh or the Shabbos right before Reish Chaydesh. Fine. That was the Mishnah. The Gemara said, let me say, one second says the Gemara. Which verses do we read for Shkalim? What are the Psukim? And we have a Machokas Rav who says Tzavas B'nai Yisrael, which is, the verses are similar to a standard Rish Chaydesh. And you have Shmuel who says it's Kisisa. We're still trying to prove who's right. That's what we're holding. We don't know yet. So let's go. Meisve. That's a challenging question. Chali Yais Beparshas All right. Let's say Shkolim, Parsha Shkolim, fell out on a Shabbos, which anyway, we were right near this Kriya, this reading. Whether it was a Shabbos before or Shabbos after the Shkolim reading. You know what you do? You read the Parsha of Shkolim and you'll do it twice. Meaning, you may very well end up reading two Shabbosim in a row, the same Sukkim. Because, again, if Parsha Shkolim, says the Brisa, if Parsha Shkolim falls out in a week where it's supposed to be read, either the Shabbos before or the Shabbos afterwards, we're going to read the special verses for Shkolim on that Parsha, and we'll just do the same thing the next Shabbos. It's okay. Now, hold on. We see where the Gemara is going with this. Let's talk outside for a minute. There's a machoikas which verses are read. Either it's Sabbath B'nai Yisrael, okay, or it's Kisisa. Now, where's Kisisa? Towards the end of Sefer Shemos. A couple months, coming up for us, for us in a couple months, when Purim usually is. Sabbath B'nai Yisrael, that is in the summer. That's in the summer we read that. Now, if you're going to make a statement that if Parsha Shkolem falls out around this time, you're going to read it two weeks in a row, can it be Tzavas B'nai Yisrael? No. Since when does Purim fall out in the summer? Never. That's how the Gemara develops this question. Says the Gemara, Bishman, the Amar Kisisa, makes sense if you say we read Kisisa, Hainu Bahuzimna. It makes sense. It takes possible for Kisisa to fall out around the time of Rosh Chodesh Adar. Elamand Dover Tzavas Karbani, how in the world would I be reading these psukim two parshio, two weeks in a row? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you how. In, it is possible. The Bnei Marava, this is referring to people in Eretz Yisrael. Demaski Listen to this. There was a different minig than we have nowadays. Nowadays we finish the whole parsha every year, right? He says there was a minig in Eretz Yisrael where it took them three years to go through all the parshios in the Torah. They had Simchas Torah once every three years, so to speak. Now they had their Yomtev, you know, Yomtev Simchas Torah. But they only finished Torah once every three years. So if you have a whole different pattern of how you read the parshios, okay. So it taka works out, and um, Rav is not proven wrong. Okay. Tani Kavasi B'Shmuel, we have a Brisa, which seems to imply like Shmuel, Rosh Chodesh Adar, Shechali Yes B'Shabbos. If Rosh Chodesh Adar falls out on Shabbos, so you see, this Bryce says you read from Kisisa, which seems to be like Shmuel. Okay, period. Omar We take out three Sifrei Taira and read from each of the Tairas. Again, Reshchedesh Adar is Shabbos. What are the three Torahs? Ella, Echad, Ben Yana, One is the regular weekly portion. 
One is for Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. And the third Torah is going to be for Parsha Shkolem. Okay? Now, why do you take out three Sifrei Torah? Why don't we take out one Sifrei Torah and roll it? Because remember, we learned previously, Tircha de Tzibura, it's disrespectful for the shul to start rolling, if you have one Torah and there's nothing else you can do, okay. But if you have three Sifrei Torah, it's disrespectful to the shul to keep everybody waiting while you roll and try to find a new place. So the halacha is, because of the Kabbat Atzibur, the respect of the time, for the time of the congregation, everything should be pre-rolled, three Sifrei Torah. The Yom Rabbi and Rabbi Yisak Nafcha says, Rosh Chodesh Teves Shaliyas B'Shabbos, when Rosh Chodesh Teves falls out on Shabbos. Now, when's Rosh Chodesh Teves? Right? We know Chanukah starts Chaf Hei Kislev. So either five or six days later, depending on whether it's 29 to 30 months in, in uh, Kislev, is going to be Rosh Chodesh Teves. So Rosh Chodesh Teves is always joined with Chanukah. Chanukah lasts eight days, and Rosh Chodesh is either going to be day five or six. Okay. But Rosh Chodesh Teves falls out on Shabbos. Also, Mavian Shalish Tarez of Garmin, we're going to have three Sifrei Torah. Taken out of the Aaron Kaidish. One Torah, we're going to read the weekly parsha. And one's going to be for Rosh Chaydesh Teves. And the third Torah is going to be the Kriyasa Torah of Chanukah. It's important that we mention that when Rosh Chodesh Adar falls out on Shabbos, there's three Sifrei Torah, and when Rosh Chodesh Teves falls out on Shabbos, there's three. Why do you got to mention it both times? If you would have only spoken about one of these places, Rish Chedesh Teves, as we'll see, maybe there, Rabbi Yitzchak says, you need three separate lay. But when it comes to Adar, maybe he holds like Rav the Omar, Parsha Shkolim, who holds that the Parsha of Shkolim is, listen closely, beautiful, as Karboni Lachmi. Now, if Shkolim is the Parsha of Karboni Lachmi, that's the same reading as Rosh Chodesh. So would I take out three Torahs? No. Aye, one second. It's Shkolem, Rosh Chodesh, and Shabbos. Yeah, we'll still have two. You know why? Because according to Rav, Shkolem and Rosh Chodesh is the same exact reading. So therefore, it's necessary for him to tell me there's three Sifrei Torah because he's also letting us know that the Shkolem reading is not the same as Rosh Chodesh. Ubishtei Torah Sagi. Two Sifrei Torah would be enough because Shkolem and Rosh Chodesh are the same. Therefore, Rabbi Yisrael teaches us a Chiddush that you need three, three Sifrei Torah. Okay. Says the Gemara, so why doesn't he just tell me about, about uh, Rosh Chodesh Adar? Just tell me there's three Sifrei Torah by Adar. And you don't need to tell me there's three Sifrei Torah by Hanukkah. Says the Gemara, you're right. Um, and uh, Taka, you know what Rabbi Yisrael said? Rabbi Yisrael told us there's three Sifrei Torah by Purim. And we were able to imply from Parsha Shkolem that the Shri Sifrei Torah that we would do the same thing for Hanukkah, period. Itmar, we learned Rosh Chodesh Teves Shaliyas Bechol. If Rosh Chodesh Teves, again, it's going to be Hanukkah, always. Okay? Falls out on a weekday. Um, so, Amr Rabbi Yitzhak Bitzah says, Karen Tlosa B'Rosh Chodesh. Three aliyas from Rosh Chodesh. V'chad B'Kahuna, V'chad B'Chanukkah. One aliyah of the Hanukkah reading, Rav Dimi Bar Dimin Chaifa Amar Rav Dimi from Chaifa says, Karu Tlosa B'Chanukah, three people read from Hanukkah, the Chad B'Resh Chodesh. So instead of being three on Resh Chodesh and one for the Hanukkah reading, says Rav Dimi that it's really three for Hanukkah and one for Resh Chodesh. Amar Rav Mani, Rav Mani says, Kavasi Rav Yisak Nafcha Mestavra. Rav Yisak Nafcha says you get three for Resh Chodesh and one for Hanukkah is more logical. Why? We know whenever you have something that's more common, Tadir, that comes first. So if you can have four aliyahs, and Rosh Chodesh comes around more often than Hanukkah, it makes sense to give the first three aliyahs to Rosh Chodesh, which is Tadir, which is more common, and the, uh, the Hanukkah one will take the one aliyah. Amar Rabavin says, Kavasid Ravdimi Mistavra. He says, No. I think that Rav Dimi is more logical, who says you get three for Hanukkah and one for Rosh Chodesh. He's more logical. Why? He says, I'll tell you like this. How many aliyahs are there usually on Hanukkah? Three. How many aliyahs for Rosh Chodesh? Four. Mi garam Who's causing the fourth aliyah? Rosh Chodesh. The fourth person 
should get the Aliyah Rosh Chodesh because that's what made the fourth Aliyah. Says the Gemara, okay, fine. My Havala, what's the bottom line? Bottom line, what are we supposed to do? What's the Alacha? Rabbi Yosef Omar, Rabbi Yosef says, Ein Mashgichin B'Rosh Chodesh. Okay? He says, we don't get so concerned about Rosh Chodesh. What do you mean, don't get so concerned about Rosh Chodesh? Let Hanukkah be the more important reading. And Rosh Chodesh will get one Aliyah. Rabba Marabba says, no, in Mashkich Hanukkah. The main alias are going to go to Hanukkah. Oh, so he said, what's the halacha? What's the answer? Machoikes. Says the Gemara, the Elchisa, we do have a bottom line. The halacha is, in Mashkich Hanukkah. We don't, um, uh, we're not the Mashkiach over Hanukkah, meaning we're not so concerned about the, that Hanukkah gets most of the alias. The Rosh Chodesh Iker, the main reading is that of Rosh Chodesh, and Hanukkah is only going to get the final Aliyah. Okay, last step of the Gabara for today. Here we go. Itmar, we learned, If Shkolem fell out in the week of Va'ata Tetzave, Omar of Yitzchak Navcha, excuse me, Rav Yitzchak Navcha says, You're going to have six Aliyahs. By the way, we'll start here tomorrow, Mitzvah but let's just finish the daf. You'll get six aliyahs from Ata Tetzave until we till the beginning of Kisisa, which is the next parsha. Bechad Mikisisa Bad Vasisa, and then one person is going to get the aliyah starting from Kisisa and read the psukim of Ad Vasisa. So about uh, six psukim or so. Amr Abaye Abaye says Amri. He says that um, people are you shouldn't do that because people are going to say Ukmehu become Mike Mehasam. That really the original parsha never ended, and parsha's tetzave ends in kisisa. So Abayi says, um, I disagree that you should have the first aliyahs go up until the end of the parsha, and then have the last aliyah go into the next week, because people are going to start perhaps getting confused and say, oh, the beginning of kisisa is really part of tetzave. There's one long parsha. We can't afford to have that, and therefore tomorrow, Mir Hashem, Abayi is going to give us his approach as to how we break down the aliyahs. If, it's not possible for us because we have a set calendar nowadays, but if Va'ata um, Tetzave will come out near Shkolem, how the, how the uh, reading should go. We'll hold it here for this evening. Bezhan, tomorrow evening we'll move back to the bottom of Albert Bay's, the bottom line with Itmar. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.